0: This is the I read comic books podcast here for a very special mini-sode. I am Mike Rappin, and with me today is Kate Lamphere. Hi. Kate, I'm very excited because today we are talking about what I think might be one of my favorite Marvel books ever. This is Rogue and Gambit by Kelly Thompson and Perry Perez. Be- I guess before we get into this, I'm just going to say full spoilers for Rogue and Gambit. If you haven't read it, press pause, go read that five-issue miniseries, come back, and you too can also enjoy all of the love between these two comic book characters. Um, and, you know, I guess, Kate, I'm going to pass this over to you. You wrote a very nice summary just to talk about this book. So if you want to go ahead with that, then we can dive right into discussion about this.
1: Yeah. Um, so in this book, Rogue keeps rejecting the advances of Gambit, but they clearly have some kind of history. Kitty Pride, who is currently the director of the X-Men, sends them to a couple's retreat where mutants keep disappearing. And all of their history gets laid on the table during a counseling session, but they keep, like, forgetting things. They keep forgetting why they're mad at one another. And -hmm. it turns out a power and memory absorbing mutant is doing evil and creating golems with mutant powers, including copies of Rogue and Gambit. So they have to fight those copies to get their powers back and then rogue absorbs a whole bunch of powers from all the other mutants that that have disappeared and who are currently in a mental health ward in town and she becomes like this this ultra super mutant rogue with horns and wings and then she finally gives all of those other people back their powers
0: with their consent Mm mm-hmm i (laughs) I love this. I love that you. So, Kate, you just just for folks that are listening at home, you're not a big X Men reader, right?
1: No, I. Okay, this is, so this is it.
0: <laughs> okay, so I guess going into this book without any kind of context is is a little strange because the world as we know it, when it comes to X Men, is in the year 2021, is very, very, very different than what it was in 2018, where the X Men were kind of just up in the air and there were just gems like this book that were coming out. One of the little things I guess I'll say as an addendum to your your summary um, is that Rogue and Gambit are sent to this place to investigate the missing mutants, and it's a couples retreat type place. So, of course, in the middle of there, we both had uh you know two little or we both had spats in terms of our relationship where rogue was on the uncanny avengers at one point which is a whole thing that happened and she ended up kissing deadpool which is a point of contention in this book and then gambit was on did, did his own had his own uh solo series which is very good um i recommend it if you want just like hot boy action stuff uh and in that in that book he had maybe had like hidden an uncertain like i don't know where rogue and i stand therefore i'm going to maybe seek out a relationship with someone else temporarily or kind of be in a will they won't they situation which doesn't really help the relationship between rogue and gambit and then of course this book comes together and people like me who just want to cry at the mention of rogue or gambit in comic books um we absolutely satiated because this book brings the two back together in such a wonderful way so you know like kate said at the beginning of this book they're separate and they don't really want to be together or i think they want to be together, but they know that there's so many problems between the two of them. That every time they come together, it's like a supernova. It only can explode. It can't ever stay in one place. Um, and that's the thing that I really love about this couple. But I guess before I gush too much about this, uh, Kate, what what were your thoughts on this book as 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 it went on? It I mean, it's a quick little mini series, but there's there's a lot that happens, um, and, and not only in plot, but also between the two characters.
1: Yeah, there was there's clearly a lot of backstory that I that yeah, I yeah. have not read. Um but I think that the that, that Kelly Thompson really did do a good job about not getting caught up on that. Like she drops mm-hmm. in enough references and and you do see parts of their backstory through these counseling sessions that like I get it, I understand what's happening, I understand that they've been involved, I understand some of their issues with one another. Um mm-hmm. But I do like that, like, the story is just Rogue and Gambit figuring their shit out. Like, <laughs> Yeah.
0: Who'd have thought that a superhero book could just be about, like, the relationship of two X-Men characters? Because I feel like the actual story of them investigating these missing mutants is such a sideline to the actual um, them trying to figure out their relationship shit. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess you know to get into that. I mean, like, what were what did you what did you like about this book, or what did you dislike about this book? Where what are your like your ups <laughs> and downs here? I I gotta know because I could gush all day about this right.
1: book. Right. Um. So I I like their banter really mm-hmm. a lot, <laughs> um, and I really enjoyed the like the ultra mutant rogue at the end. She's got like wings and horns, and she's got all of these. I assume that she has like a hundred different powers because of all the people that are in this, in this ward at the hospital. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's just like very cool. And And they just go to the hospital and go give these powers back. And I'm like, but you look so cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think that my least favorite part, you actually, I'm stealing some of your notes. You said that, that the, that the bad guy feels kind of contrived like, this was definitely written as a way for Rogan Gambit to confront their history, and and lay it on the table, give readers kind of the backstory. Do exactly what it did, basically. Mm-hmm. But it does mm-hmm. feel like why is why is this villain doing this? What is their ultimate goal?
0: Is there one? Or are they just like messing around, hurting people? Yeah, I mean, so the villain in this is a is a character who I, I believe is called Lash, right?
1: I think they're correct. Yeah.
0: Either way, um, there's a villain, and they they can steal other people's powers, sort of, not in the same way that Rogue does, because Rogue gains people's powers by touching them. And, you know, the, the long history, if you've seen the X Men movies, if you've ever read any other X Men comics that feature Rogue, is she never wants to touch anybody because when she was younger as her powers were developing, you know, she kissed a boy and she literally put him in a coma as she sucked out his life essence but she didn't have any control over it. And over the years, Rogue has had control over her powers and she's lost it. And I think right now in the story where this Rogue and Gambit book begins, she's not certain where her powers stand because she used to have control over them and then she lost it. And, you know, as the story goes on, I thought it was really interesting that as Rogue and Gambit are getting closer and closer together and they realize like, fuck it, let's let's kiss let's make out let's have sex you know the the closer and closer they get like rogues powers becomes less and less because she's getting drained but it's a it's a beautiful like message that kelly thompson almost is trying to send in this book that like no their relationship's growing therefore she has more control over her powers and they don't seem to question it because in the story as you're watching or as you're reading through it you realize they're missing bits and pieces issues end in the middle of conflict and then the next issue they pick up as if nothing had happened and i thought it was a that was a really clever bit on thompson's part to to you know combine this growing relationship with the lessening of their powers to make it seem like if you're reading this plainly and not looking into it like, oh, this is just them, their relationship getting a little bit better and they keep researching things because they know they're there for a reason, but they never seem to be able to figure it out or they keep you know moving forward a couple of steps only to get moved back to square one because their minds get erased or something happens in the last minute. But yeah, like the the villain is very is very contrived because why would if you knew who Rogue and Gambit were and you knew why they were there, why wouldn't you just go full out maximum like I'm just gonna mess them up completely? I don't know. Maybe that's just me trying to add real life logic to a comic book. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know.
1: I did really enjoy the juxtaposition of the bad guy having a similar power to rogue and one of her issues mm-hmm. is is what her powers can do. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't think that that was really explored as much of it as it could have been, but you do see the bad guy using their powers for evil and then rogue trying Mm -hmm. to use her powers for good and not hurt anybody. And I think if you step back a little bit, it kind of in theory would contextualize for rogue that like, yeah, she has a potentially dangerous power, but she knows, she knows what it is. She's trying to control it. She's trying not to Mm -hmm. hurt people. She's not a villain. And I think that that's, from just reading this one volume i think that well, that's important for her to understand about herself
0: yeah and i mean as someone you know again you, you said you've this is like the only real rogue and gambit book you've read you know rogue's history is extremely littered with like moments of where she was the villain she didn't know what to do i believe rogue was introduced as a villain who eventually became one of the x-men um you know and her mother is mystique or her adoptive mother is mystique and And, you know, so she's got a very, like, strange past, but, you know, Rogue's been around for forever. And even in this book, like, this isn't the first time we've seen Rogue try to absorb a zillion powers at once. She usually finds it overwhelming. I think she even mentions that in this book, that she usually finds the feeling overwhelming and stuff, um, you know, taking in so much trauma. I mean, this is a core focus of another story that Rogue was in, where she was the leader of an X-Men team, and she absorbed like a million or a billion minds or something like that as this, this entity was crashing into Earth, and she had to kind of deal with that for a long time um and to me like this is what makes rogue such an interesting character is that she's able to handle so much like of all the x-men she ends up being this person you know very similar to like a betsy braddock or a or Jean gray or an emma frost in some cases where they have this psychic connection or they have this thing where um you know they have to handle and carry so much like trauma on their shoulders in order to survive. Um, and that's always made Rogue such an interesting character to me. And then, of course, you know, she she's in love head over heels with this dummy, absolutely charming, super good looking, who knows it kind of character who is is head over heels for her. Like he is such a player and such a flirt and such a, a character that like you would expect to kind of be just a shithead guy. But when it comes to Rogue, that's his one and only, you know, like he may stray a little bit when things are rough between him and Rogue, um, just like she goes on and does her own thing as well. But when they always come back together, it's like I said, it's like a supernova. Um, it's just unfortunate that they can't ever stay together until this book, um, which is why I loved it so much, because I feel like this is Kelly Thompson taking the Rogan Gambit a couple as a as a thing that's been back and forth on and off for many many years and finally putting the stamp on it and saying like no nah, I think they're going to be together for a little bit and we're going to figure out how to make that work with all the crazy continuity and all the, the you know all the problems that they've had that we're going to work them through all their shit and then they can so they can finally understand each other I don't know I, I always I love this book I've read this book a couple times and I just <laughs> I could totally gush, gush about it even further so I don't know what what else did you think of this book Kate?
1: Um, I I got st- stuck on the idea of of Rogue's powers um, and the fact that like she her powers change in this book is is I think part of her journey because she has to take on she she absorbs you know whatever powers these golems have when she kills them and mm-hmm. actually so does um so does Gambit too he gets mm-hmm. some of her powers briefly from killing mm-hmm. the, the golems that look like her and that was really interesting
0: <laughs> to see to see gambit's eyes go from the the black and purple to the green i thought was like i i didn't notice that in the yeah. many in the couple other times that i read it and the rogue and that rogue end up having gambit's eyes yeah that is my favorite look ever i i <laughs> i'm gonna totally sidestep really quick my one of my favorite like i know out, out of continuity bullshit things i love the ultimate x-men a lot um for what they were before robert kirkman like made them bad and uh and you know beyond the ultimatum stuff whatever there was a there was a mini story where Rogue is absolutely devastated in the ultimate universe because she killed Gambit and she absorbed oh, no. it and so like she's just she, she's so upset because the person that she loved is now dead and she has all of his memories inside of her and so and permanently she ends up looking a little bit more like Gambit like her eyes go black and her hair changes color and stuff and she has his powers and yeah I, I love that look on Rogue because Rogue's look with the white streak and the brown hair and stuff but then with Gambit's eyes I'm like it's perfect I just I absolutely love it. I can't get over it. I love the way that Perry Perez drew that for this book. Anyways, yeah, but that, that the fight that they had was really interesting too. like where they got to see into each other's minds and understand like where they how they truly felt about each other, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that that was important for their journey as a couple. And like, I don't know how else you would have been able to bridge this huge gap that they have. And, and really understand mm-hmm. one another. Not that I'm mm-hmm. saying that there had to be golems necessarily, but
0: sure. to see things from one another's point of view at least. It was a, it was a nice vehicle for them to understand each other.
1: Yeah, um, I I was kind of confused. By the fight scenes, I feel like I always am in these, in these big uh, big two books where, the, where it's very punchy-punchy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just there's so many bodies in these fight scenes, and I feel so bad about getting confused because I know how hard they are to draw, or I imagine how hard they are to draw, and yeah. how much time it would take, and like how much effort um, Perry Perez um, put into that, I'm sure. And here I am, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, which one is our hero and which oh, one is i don't our-
0: <laughs> yeah well that that was the funny moment about this is that when rogue and gambit are fighting all the rogue and gambit clones like <laughs> there is a couple there are a couple moments where you're like who who's actually who am i rooting for right
1: now <laughs> right
0: uh, but I mean, how how amazing were some of those pages, though, with the various Rogan Gambit like costumes and stuff like yeah. what? a What a beautiful thing. I mean, I'm not I haven't read every single Rogan Gambit comic. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. But it is nice to see a lot of some of the familiar like costumes for me. Um, so I don't know what that was like for you, Kate, if, if it was just like, oh, look, here's some alternate takes on these characters. I really
1: enjoyed that, actually. I like mm-hmm. I'm familiar at least with the art of X-Men enough, like seeing the covers and things. Um, mm-hmm. it's just part of part of pop culture, you know? So so I am familiar enough with their, their past looks that it was it was pretty cool to be able to like sit sit and study them a little bit to see what their costumes used to look like.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of costumes and stuff, I do want to mention, like, Chris Anka did all the covers for this book. Um, I don't know if you read it in single issues or if you read it in, collect- in a collection or not. But um, I was reading it in the digital singles that I got, and I forgot just how much I love Chris Anka's covers for these books. Like, they are absolutely gorgeous. Every single one is something I wish I could print out and put on my wall. I mean talk about someone conveying like the absolute love between two characters i think chris anka draws not only some of the hottest people in the world but like gambit and rogue i mean are you kidding me right now with these two like it's it's one of my favorite looks and he does such a fantastic job just making these two look really really good like the cover for issue three um for instance is the one that has um all of the rogues and gambits and stuff in different uh, different costumes and i'm just like I would love to see a Chris Anka drawn like X-Men book. And I know that he's he's done some of that stuff in the past, but like just his take on all the various gambits and the various rogues is just something that I, I just need more of in my life. Um, I don't know if you saw any of that. Were yeah. the covers in the in the version that you read?
1: Yeah, I, I read the collected volume that was on Comixology and they did have mm-hmm. all of the different, at least two or three different covers for every issue before the next issue would start. So I did, nice. I did get to see some of that. That was really nice. You're right. They're very nice covers.
0: And I mean, I, to, to to talk a little bit more about the art here, I mean, Perry Perez, uh, I, I, I can't say that I know other books that they've worked on. But, you know, looking at it, the way that they draw some of these characters, specifically Rogue and Gambit in some of the panels, I'm just like, these are the cutest and hottest people I've ever seen. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you took it that way, Kate, but I, I was just like, oh yeah, that's a that's a good looking human right there.
1: <laughs> the art was very good. Yes, <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like you can't do a Rogan Gambit book without them looking like super good looking because in my head they're like tragically beautiful people. Um, like they're very good looking, but they also have so much baggage and drama. You're like, wow. I don't think I could ever date you, but boy, oh boy, are you pretty.
1: <laughs> I, I actually have a, a related question for you. Sure. So I noticed some similarities between these characters while reading these books. Like, both of them, I don't know what all of Gambit's trauma is, but I'm sure that
0: he's got some. Um, well, I mean, i give you a quick little rundown on that, <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Um. So my question for you is, like... Did the X-Men writers originally, like way back, whoever conceived this idea that Rogue and Gambit were going to be the one true true pair of all X-Men fans. Did they they choose these two characters because they have so much trauma that they just kind of match? Or is it because they both have (laughs) accents that are so thick that they have to include
0: it in the dialogue? Or is it
1: because they're the hottest X-Men?
0: I mean... Uh, yes, to all three. I think um, I, I don't actually know. I mean, like I think when Rogan Gambit became a couple. I I mean, I I will say, like, this is where my history is a little bit fuzzy. Um, My guess is it was just like we have two very popular characters right now. Um, Why wouldn't we match them up? Right. They're both young. They're both spunky. They both have these quirks and these really interesting things. Why wouldn't we take the character who is the most charming, could get any woman that you could think of or or man for that case um, and match him with the character that he can't touch? right like it's a it's a it's a beautiful little trope that they did where you know rogue she you know she's she's a sweetheart she she wants someone who's you know a little who's a little bit chivalrous but at the same time like she stands up for herself she's not necessarily a little a, a, a princess by any means um who like needs to be treated a certain way um but still like she would she falls head over heels for the most beautiful man in the room i think she says that right in the comic yeah and gambit Uh, meanwhile falls in love with her but he can't have her in a way that you would expect a man like him to have uh, you know a woman in that he would be very physical and it would be a lot of touching a lot of other things that um, you would expect you know for people that are going to be together so of course he he falls in love with her she falls in love with him and they can't be intimate like that so they have to find new and interesting ways to be intimate And I think like this this has gone back to their their history for, for a long time where they've had to be really clever about the way that they've seen each other and how close they've been to each other and you know, to the point where they've used psychic mediums to kind of like have mental dates and stuff like that. Oh uh, and it's, it's super corny. And, but also like, I love it. And the fact that there is like enough of the, this relationship here, like I, I just, I eat it up. I lap it up. Like it's like, it's milk. I mean, it's amazing to me and their back and forth has always been good. And I don't know where I've made the solidified decision in my head. Like this is the one true pairing. There can never be another. Um, <laughs> but like I always feel like it's off when these characters are interacting with other people because at this point in, in time, like writers aren't writing Rogue and Gambit to be like, and then they're gonna go off and date somebody else. They always write the character as I'm gonna see someone else. And if I do see someone else, I'm gonna bring up Ro- Gambit or I'm gonna bring up Rogue in my mind. Um and think about them and realize, oh boy, I can't believe, you know, since I can't be with them, I guess I'm gonna be with this person, you know it's it's ingrained into the continuity at this point and i'm sure some writer in the future will come down the line and break this relationship up and you know do something really interesting with it but for now and for the last what 20 30 years like i feel like it's been them together and i absolutely love that Um uh, more so than gene gray and scott summers you know more so than superman and lois like i just i rogan gambit is 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 the go-to for me and i i absolutely love it so I guess I don't know the answer to your question, um, <laughs> but the answer that I gave is what I'm going to give. <laughs> That's yeah. all I can say.
1: Um, so I, I know that you and I have talked about where where these these characters kind of go from here. But what would you recommend? Like me, like I've I enjoyed this one volume. So so what else should I read?
0: I mean, if you if you like this, I would definitely say you know go get some get some context on Gambit. Get some context on Rogue. There's some, there's some really good volumes of Uncanny X-Men where Rogue is the leader of a team. Uh, I think if you want to know more about her character and just more about how she is in, as an independent person, not as part of this pair, I, there's, some, there's some Uncanny X-Men volumes that I can recommend. All of Gambit's solo series, to me, are really good. I think the latest one that he did where the art was by Clay Mann is probably one of the most fun like comic books in a long time. Again, I've got a huge bias for Gambit and Rogue at this point. Um, But I think that 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 run was really fun. There's some some kind of rough stuff. You can tell that Clayman definitely wanted to do like a Ninjak book, but then ended up doing Gambit. And then when he went over and did Ninjak, it looked like he wanted to do a Gambit book. So like, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, And Clayman as a creator is kind of problematic. Uh, Let's just get that out there. But if you wanted to read more Gambit, I would recommend that run. I would also recommend his previous runs he he was, uh, Gambit was really good in the X-Factor series, but if you really want to get to the core of who Gambit is as a character, there's a run of X-Men, there's a there's a chunk of X-Men Legacy, if I'm not mistaken, where, maybe it's X-23, where Gambit and, and X-23 just go hang out for like a dozen issues. And you see this weird relationship between like a young girl and this kind of older like brother type character to her, and they have to figure things out because x23 wants to be an outsider and gambit has always been an outsider of the from the x-men because he's a thief because he's technically the the leader of the the assassins league in like the south or in new orleans like he's got this really tarnished past which has always been a problem between him and rogue where like he's technically supposed to be married to the queen or the leader of the assassins guild but he's the leader of the thieves guild that was supposed to bring these two warring factions together and then gambit was like nah i love you belladonna (laughs) but i'm getting out of here and then like because he didn't want to be a thief like that anymore but he's still a thief like gambit's whole thing is to be a thief so he's always been an outsider with the x-men because he doesn't necessarily operate within their purview he can't necessarily be counted on as like a a go-to like army person like wolverine or the or beast or cyclops or nightcrawler or something that's going to like stand in line so him going on this journey with x-23 is probably is like a really really interesting story because X-23, she, she doesn't want to be like Laura Kinney doesn't want to be just another rank and file X-Men. She wants to branch out on her own and she wants to discover herself and understand why she is like because at the time in that run, she's still trying to figure out why was she born? Why was she cloned? What was the point and what is her purpose now? And Gambit, it comes along with her on this journey of her trying to find herself, trying to like nudge her in the right direction, saying, like, hey, I've been through these struggles. I've had to figure this out myself. Um, and I think it's it's a really good story where you just get to see the inside of this character's brain without him just being smarmy and charming, because Laura Kinney is not going to be charmed by Gambit, right? She's just gonna see him as another adult who's trying to tell her what to do. And he's like, uh no i'm not gonna try to do a gambit impression but he's gonna say he says no i actually just want to help you because i wish that someone had helped me when i was struggling with this kind of stuff Aww. so that's a really good book um there was the x-men book that was i think that i think it was a brian wood book and again another another problematic creator uh on an x-men book but uh i mean in a uh, hand wave thing we don't have time to get into it but like there's an x men book that he did that had like jubilee and lady m and or Monet i guess uh rogue rachel summers that was a pretty decent run um again rogue i think was at the forefront and yeah there's been a lot of really good rogue books where she's just kind of been semi either a leader or like a almost like a vice leader on a on a team and you know rogue's always been a character that like shows a lot of leadership and she's she's really interesting in that regard um she's not necessarily just like a flying punching type character she's very smart and very strategic and um she's got way more heart than anybody deserves so yeah i I would say and then if you're going to follow up this book obviously i would read mr and mrs x um spoilers for the x-men from like three years ago but kitty pride goes to get married Um, to Colossus and then in the last moment goes I don't actually want to do this and everyone who shows up to the wedding goes well we're here does anybody want to get married and Rogue and Gambit are like
1: yeah let's do it oh my gosh
0: (laughs) and so they get married uh that was like an end of an x-men book they get married and then this the subsequent series that followed that up was mr and mrs x which is a huge mystery no one knew it was going to be what it was going to be because the it was such a bait and switch to have them get married but i remember being upset for approximately four seconds (laughs) and then so excited that there was going to be another rogan gambit book i believe kelly thompson did it is wrote it as well and it's an amazing 12 issue series about rogan gambit trying to go on their honeymoon honeymoon but of course they get conscripted into an x-men like outing they have to go do something out in space because they decided to leave earth and they go out into like shiar space to just celebrate and it turns out they actually need to do a a thing for the x-men while trying to celebrate um their honeymoon i i love that book as well we were going to do it as part of this episode but i was like i have enough to say about Rogue and gambit so uh, if we do a follow-up we'll have to definitely talk about those two books absolutely um yeah i don't know okay (laughs) any other questions Do you want to know anything else about rogan gambit because i'm i've got all the knowledge in the world it seems
1: (laughs) um i think for now i'm just going to uh probably read mr and mrs x and maybe uh some of this other gambit stuff and then if we uh if we do a an episode 2.0
0: rogan gambit otp uh Mm -hmm.
1: we can i can ask you some more questions
0: awesome Uh, i i know i'll do this i didn't realize how much i had to say about this until we sat down today so um thanks for letting me blather kate i appreciate it oh
1: it's great i i love i love your love for their love
0: Okay. Well, that is the perfect place to end this episode. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Kate, for doing this episode with me. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, You can follow Kate at Kate Elfier. You can follow me at Mike Rappin. And you can follow the show at IRCB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, where we try to post semi-regularly. This episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive series like the IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, Giant Days of Our Lives, and more. You can join at, ir- at patreon.com slash ircbpodcast. And if you haven't already, please rate and review our show. We recommend five stars on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us spread the word about IRCB. Join the IRCB Discord community to chat comics and more and listen to our episodes live as we record at ircbpodcast.com discord. And you know, it would help a lot if you told a friend or two or maybe even your local comic book shop about the show infinity shred is the best band in the universe they do all of our music we can't thank them enough xander is a really cool guy who edits this show and makes us sound fantastic we can't we can't thank him enough i want to say thanks again to everyone out there listening and thank you again kate for joining me on this episode until next time comics are good and so are you